Hey friends, welcome to Because She Chose. If you're a busy mom desiring consistency and growth in your relationship with God, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Camille McIntyre. In this show, we'll discover practical tips, find helpful resources, and interview amazing women as they share their stories on growing in their relationship with God. Thanks for joining in and listening. Welcome to Because She Chose. This is the podcast for busy mamas and overwhelmed women, all of you sisters. And I hope that you have all been having a wonderful summer. I am Camille McIntyre, of course, your host. I know that my summer's been pretty great so far, and I know that most of you probably have your kids at home still. Some of you have already gone back to school. And I know that trying to get back into the swing of things with school schedules and all those things, oh gosh, I am praying for you. I know how overwhelming I remember. And trying to get back on track after the summer can be just chaos, I know. And it leads me into what I'm actually going to be talking today on the podcast about. If you tuned into last week's podcast, it was all about finding peace and rest amidst life's chaos. And I gave a little challenge at the end. Hmm, it wasn't really little. It was kind of like an action plan for the week, and it was to take some time to respond to God's invitation to receive His rest. Did you do it? (laughs) I remember there were like two days of my week last week that I was like, forget it. I can't even think about rest. I couldn't even think about journaling about how I felt about not being able to rest. And I said I would be talking about it this week because it's just such an important topic for us. Being that August is Wellness Month, I thought it would be really great to reorient yourself with, you know, what does Jesus even mean? What is his invitation to rest really mean to you today in today's world? Because we're not talking about back in, you know, the olden times and ancient days when they're walking around with sandals and, you know, these robes on. No, this is modern day. So what does that look like for us? I mentioned that you really can't fulfill God's purposes for your life in your own strength. None of us can. And you need the help of the Holy Spirit. I know I do. I just need His power every single day. And I need His rest, the rest that God can give you, especially in your moments of need. And I invited you to pray that prayer because sometimes in our devotional time, we pray for everyone else and all the things. And we don't take time to maybe even focus on yourself. Maybe you're that way. And it was just a very simple little prayer. It went like this. Jesus, thank you for the gift of your rest. Help me to receive your renewal from me in the days ahead. Amen. So easy, right? (laughs) But let me tell you, when you pray prayers like that, all of a sudden, all hell kind of breaks loose, doesn't it? It's kind of like God's maybe testing you. Do you really mean that prayer? I also had you write down some questions at the end of last week's podcast. You can go back and listen to it. And they were meant to lead you into asking God what resting in Him really looks like for you in this season that you are currently in. Because rest looks very, very different for everyone. I think we can get caught up in the perfection of it, the perfection of having a clean house, the perfection of you know doing all the things for our maybe our makeup routine or our skincare routine or our bedtime routine. And we forget that this is a journey. It's a process. And we're all learning about how to walk with the Lord, right? So wouldn't it be lovely to just live in such a way that you just know how to rest in Jesus and experience the freedom that he died to give you? (laughs) I think I would like to know. And I've been kind of on this journey of my own trying to figure it out. 
And last week I was singing a song and I was journaling. I like to start my journaling, my time with the Lord, with some worship. And I sang that song by Brooke Ligerwood. It's one of my favorites. It's called Who You Say I Am. It's so great. It describes who you are as a child of God. It's based on something Jesus said to his disciples. He said, John 8.36, he made this amazing statement of victory. And he says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hmm. But what does freedom in Christ actually look like? So in order to find rest in him, you actually have to know, what does this freedom even mean? Because unless you understand the freedom that Christ paid for, for you to have, how could you even understand what resting even means? So I'm going to go over a little bit of the freedom that Christ gave us, how he gives it to us. It's so powerful. And I hope these encouraging words, like right off the bat, I just want to issue you a big congratulations because you know what? If you've turned to God and asked for forgiveness of your sinful nature and you're trusting in Jesus as the resurrected ruler and savior, then everything for your life has changed. Maybe you haven't seen the changes because you have to apply, but for a start, God, what he did was he wiped that slate clean. Oh my gosh, there are moments when I say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I was in sinful rebellion to you and I didn't even know it. I was born into it. And when you accept Jesus' death as payment for that sinful rebellion, you're freely and completely forgiven. He placed his own spirit inside of your heart and he gives us new life that stretches past death and into eternity. You're no longer a rebel, but part of God's own family. So now you get to live with God's son, Jesus, as your ruler. So you are free. However, have you ever taken the time to consider really what you were freed from? I mean, yeah, we do bad things. We make mistakes. We say bad words. We have bad thoughts. Sometimes we say we hate someone. But that's not what I'm talking about. Because if you look at the Greek word, you will discover this word free can mean to liberate or to exempt from liability. So that means that this verse could read whom the son liberates or exempts from liability will really be liberated and exempted from any liability. So because of that definition, when you consider this verse in its full context, there are two conclusions I want you to consider. First, there are things Christ has freed you from. Yeah, things. And second, this is really important. There are things Christ has freed you to. Hmm. What do you mean, Camille? Well, let's consider both sides of the coin because they are both critical to living the full and abundant life that Christ wants you to live. So what has Christ the Son freed you from? Of course, I just said it. It's the bondage of sin, basically captivity. For someone or something or someone to be liberated, first, it must be bound or imprisoned. So think about that. Here we are being born as babies, beautiful little babies. Think about your kids. Think about if you have them and you have a few, maybe you have some right now in your arms and you're listening to this and you're rocking them to sleep and you're looking at them and you're like, oh, that smell of a new baby. I love it. They smell so good and clean. But then you have to understand that little infant that you're holding, even you yourself as an infant, the very definition is you're captive. The child that you might be holding is a captive, one who is confined. Wow. Because that's exactly what we were, you and I, 
and everyone else were prisoners held under the bondage of sin. We were held captive by the impulses of sin. We were slaves to the instincts of sin. We had no power to overcome the influence of sin. Sin was our ruler, and it held us captive. So in your days of living before Christ, whatever sin wanted, that's what sin got, right? That same little baby, you see that baby stamping his foot and yelling and screaming and having temper tantrums. What do you think that comes from? It's a sinful nature. You know, this doesn't mean that maybe you were out living a wild lifestyle. I know as a child or even as an early teen, I didn't have a wild lifestyle. Later on in life, maybe then. So it could simply mean that the primary authority in your life, especially before I dedicated my life to Christ and said, I want you to be my ruler, it's a sinful nature that I had. It was in control. Because Romans 6 says, I think Paul was saying that sin is your master. Whoa. So, of course, when you were born again, yay for Jesus, something beautiful happens, right? You got a new master. Sin was no longer your master, but Jesus was. So God gave you this new nature, and more importantly, filled you with his Holy Spirit so that now you are no longer under its control. And then you've been set free. Paul sums it up so well in 2 Corinthians 3.17. He says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you are free. And then you're freed from what? The penalty of sin. It's talking about your eternity, where you're going to spend it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's be frank here. Outside of Christ, we all had an eternal death sentence. Whoa. That's right, you and I, and even that little baby, beautiful as they may be, are in death row. You may not have understood it that way and probably didn't grasp the gravity of it, but that's where we all were. And unfortunately today, many people still don't understand that. Because of our sin, you and I were on a path to be eternally separated from the very presence of God. This was the eternal penalty, the liability of sin. Thankfully, the story doesn't end there, of course, because the beginning of that story was how did sin enter the world? It entered in through two human beings, Adam and Eve, who decided that they were going to live like God instead of obey Him. And through their disobedience and their rebellion, sin entered the world. And now every single person that is born into the world is born in that state. But thankfully, the story, like I said, does not end there. Paul states here that The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. When Jesus set you free, he took away your death sentence. Hallelujah. The penalty you deserved has been removed and you now have eternal life. I mean, he literally shifted your eternal destination. So today we can rejoice because if you have Christ, then you have eternal life. You no longer have to pay any penalty for your sin. And you will never be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. But it's important when you understand when Christ has freed you from, what he has freed you from, it sets the stage for you to live into what Christ has freed you to. What does that mean, that question? What has Christ freed you to? Simply put, he's given you the freedom to live to your capacity, to the greatest ability. 
One of the reasons it's so important to understand that you are free from that bondage, the penalty and guilt of sin, is because now it increases your capacity. Jesus wants to increase your capacity to what? To love, to have joy, to experience peace, and to enjoy life. That's the abundant life he wants you to live. He also wants to increase your capacity to have a relationship with who? Heavenly Father. This can't happen if you are not free. You cannot have a vibrant, living, loving relationship with God or anyone else for that matter if you are holding on to the guilt and shame of your past. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's the abundant life I'm talking about. So like I said, if you remember the garden, Adam and Eve sinned and they hid from God and their capacity for a relationship with God was hindered from that point on. So when Jesus comes and he sets you free, you don't have to hide anymore. Now we get to enjoy a healthy relationship with Heavenly Father and he actually encourages it. Because in James 4, 8, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. This is the essence of what Christ has freed you to. God wants close, intimate fellowship with you. And the only way that happens is by Jesus freeing you. This allows you to build that relationship without fear or worry. You can enter into God's presence with confidence because you know He wants you there and the hindrances have all been removed. This truly is living free. So bottom line it. Paul says in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do you know what that yoke of slavery is? It's thinking that you are not freed from sin. It's thinking, oh, I've done it again. I'm a bad person. And a yoke in scriptural terms is basically that wooden thing that went around an oxen's neck. If you understand, if you think about two oxen, they're just plowing through a field what kind of harness did they have back then? It was a piece of wood that went from one neck to the other and they could not move. They literally could not move one without the other. So what he's saying is you're being burdened. You're having this piece of wood stuck around your neck, connecting you still to sin. So what are you now able to do with this freedom that Christ has given you? He's broken that yoke off of your neck. Hmm. So what did I say? Freedom in Christ is everything. I wrote in my journal, it's everything. If we don't understand it, how can we rest in it? So I talked last week that I wanted to kind of touch on Dr. Sandra Dalton's book, Sacred Rest. And I've talked about it, I think, before on the podcast. And I love the fact that, like I said before, we're in August, this National Wellness Month, and you need really to know that you can keep energy and happiness, creativity, relationships, that they can be fresh and thriving in the midst of these never-ending like family demands constantly, career pressures and the stresses of everyday life. And you're like, okay, Camille, I hear you and I'm getting anxiety. And you're asking, how do you do that? Well, like I said, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, she's a board-certified internal medicine doctor. And in her book, she reveals why rest can no longer remain optional. I found it fascinating how she shares the seven types of rest that she's found that's lacking in the lives of everyone she encounters, especially in her practice. And here they are. They are physical, 
mental, spiritual, emotional, sensory, social, and creative. Wow, when you think about all of them, you're like, man, I'm sure I have a deficiency in one or many of these types. I don't understand what kind of rest I can have in each one of those areas. But if you don't, you can have unfavorable effects on your health and your happiness, those relationships, any creativity that God's given you, and productivity. I'll be the first one to admit right now that creativity and productivity suffer for me when I don't rest in the Lord, when I get anxious about what I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to be writing this and I'm supposed to be creating that. When I get anxiety from it, I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back and say, Lord, this is from you. This is not just from my own strength. So you have to realize that sacred rest combines this kind of science she puts together with rest and the spirituality of rest, the gifts of rest, and that resulting fruit that comes from rest. It shows rest as something sacred, valuable, and worthy of respect. That's why the Lord said to Adam and Eve on the seventh day, he said, you're going to take some time and you're going to be with me. Enjoy the Sabbath rest. And I don't think we know what that's about. I don't think we understand what that's like because we're constantly in this grind. I'm grinding it. I'm going for it. And this is how we fall apart. So she combines in her book the scientific research with these personal stories and some spiritual insight and practical next steps so you can enter into sacred rest. So, but let me tell you, (laughs) it gives you weary mamas the permission to embrace rest, to set boundaries for yourself and seek sanctuary without any guilt, shame, or fear. So unfortunately for you, you're going to have to wait till next week because <laughs> that's when I'm going to be sharing all of those secrets and just of a well-rested life and the effects that if you don't rest well, that your body will perceive it as stress. And let me tell you, I've been working on this and all for the last two weeks and for the next week ahead, I'm going to be journaling all throughout my devotional time about her book because I am in a place where I know that I need rest. Even this week, my husband and I, have an opportunity to do a little staycation in Manhattan in the city. I'm going to take some time away and just be alone with each other and with the Lord, and we're going to rest. I'll let you know how it goes. So until next week, sisters, remember, if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed to live the abundant life He died to give you. So rest in that. Blessings. Thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Because She Chose. I hope you found some encouragement and help to find time to grow in your faith. Let me know if today's episode resonated with you and send me a message on Instagram at Camille underscore McIntyre or at Because She Chose, also on my Facebook business page, Camille McIntyre. If you are loving what you are hearing, make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review and rating. Until next time, take care.